The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together, O Lord, be acceptable in thy sight, our rock and our redeemer, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Have you ever faced the pressure of a seemingly impossible task? Writing your first term paper. Remember that? Trying simply to get educated for your life's calling. Your first job, your biggest job, retiring from a lifetime vocation, being a good enough spouse, raising children, raising grandchildren. I was talking with this boy that I know not too long ago about the difficulties of growing up and and, and then I, later I was talking with this young woman that I know, and she was talking about adulting being burdensome. Welcome to life. In the last 10 years alone, the impact of smartphones and technology and instantaneous communication and greater connectivity has impacted our world in such a way that sometimes simply disconnecting is a seemingly impossible task. Let me introduce you to Malachi's world, a post-exilic prophet, almost in the in-between times, the completing word of God for what we name as the Old Testament prior to the New Testament. And there were at least three groups of people there gathered in his audience to whom he was trying to speak and whom he was trying to lead into deeper faithfulness. The covenantal purists, those who had stayed the course and remained in Judea, had not been carried off in captivity, who were longing for the days of old. The covenantal practicalists, who had been carried off in exile and had returned and were simply trying to make the best of their current situation, practicing what they'd learned in captivity, and the covenantal futurists, who were trying to blaze away into tomorrow, those who were wanting to overthrow all foreign government and reestablish a Davidic kingdom once and for all. Some would say that Malachi was called into a new way of finding faithfulness by announcing the sudden appearance of the Lord whom they sought as an impossible task. But I want to fast forward to 2018 
and say welcome to our world. A well-passed, postmodern, 21st-century, mixed-up, multi-categorized world, and I'm not even going to try to begin to name the categories of the people that we encounter each and every day in our world, because I don't know all the categories. As a society, we are becoming so quickly categories come and go almost quicker than the seasons of the year. So how in the world do we hear this message of one who comes to sit among us as a purifier? I mean, it sounds like it's going to get hot in the crucible of life. Or a washer with fuller soup, very, very heavy lye-based soap that will cleanse, but it's going to take some of us with it. How do we hear that as, as comfort? How do we begin to understand that as hopeful? See, I believe that we, who were gathered here at this very moment, at this very time, are all here on purpose and we are all here for a purpose. Because of who God is and because of who we are. Let's listen to, to this passage from, from, from Malachi and a couple of passages also in the lectionary readings for today that were not read from Luke chapter 1 and from Philippians chapter 1. God is the God who suddenly appears. Did anybody come today expecting to see more than Santa Claus? I mean, we have breakfast with Santa. We saw Santa Claus in the Rothwell Hall. Did you come here to seek God? Because Malachi promises that when we seek God, the one we seek will suddenly appear. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how, how to describe it other than to say that, that when I encounter people that I haven't ever met places, oftentimes I walk away thinking, I, that was God, or at least a messenger of God. I know I've told you about Walker on, on, on 149 and I-10. When I asked him about what I could carry in my truck that he might need for his life on the streets and how he reminded me that having a good conversation and sharing love and friendship and respect. And I drove away and I looked in my side mirror and I knew that I'd seen God, and that when we seek God, God will appear in our midst, among us. At 9.15, Pastor Severio reminded us that the very breath we breathe is the very breath of God, and the very breath of God is the very Spirit of God that gives us life. And all we are required to do is say, God, 
wake us up to your presence that is already here in our midst so that, so that you can be the one who always and completely purifies. He will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. That's what we desire, isn't it? To present to God our lives that reflect a right relationship with God and a right relationship with each other. Remember, it said righteousness, not richness. God is the one who fulfills promises. God is the one who fulfills promises. We practice and live an ancient future faith. It is as of from the very beginning when God spoke, let there be light. And it will be the end as Christ said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. So that's who God is. The one who is among us. The one who transforms our lives. And the one who always is. So who are we? We are the ones who seek the Lord. In Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, and his prayer for us, wrote this, and this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight. That's a pastor's prayer for his people that our love would overflow more and more full of knowledge and full of insight. And I believe that we are seeing that happen in our midst as a people. We are those who earnestly strive for perfection in love. And if you remember, when Pastor Severio was, was teaching and preaching about perfection, it is completion. The place that, that, that in faithfulness and following Christ, we come to understand that in Christ we have all that we need and that we need nothing else except Christ. I'm not there yet. I've got a Christmas list. <laughs> and I shared it, <laughs> and I hope their presence under the tree. But so, so Paul wrote this about the church in Philippi and about us. Because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now, I'm, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Now, when's, 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 when's our sharing in the gospel from the first? You remember? In the brush arbor? Wasn't it about 1840? The first recorded worship in Beaumont, Texas? 
the first gathered community of those who sought to be faithful, 178 years of continuous ministry of people called Methodists in Beaumont, Texas, who now live in the heart of the city to love the city with the heart of Christ. You see, this aspect, as we seek to be perfected in love, has, has internal, external, and eternal consequence. That's why we talk about it so much. That's why Wesley talked about it so much. Internal, external, and eternal consequence. You see, when I seek to be found faithful to Christ, Christ, who has begun that good work in me, will work on my behalf, sometimes in spite of my best efforts, to change and heal that within me which is broken and in need of Christ's love and grace. And as, 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 as that is internal is healed and brought to wholeness, it becomes externally visible and we become instruments for other people's healing and wholeness. And the eternal consequence is that, that we are a people with a message. We are a people entrusted with the message to share with the whole world. Starting right here in Beaumont, to share it with our neighbors, to share it with our co-workers, to share it with the checker in the grocery store. When Zachariah, John's dad, could finally speak again. You remember he was, he was offering in the Holy of Holies and, and, and God said, you're going to have a kid. He's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Remembrances of Sarah laughing at God. And God said, hush. Don't speak until it comes true. It came true. And he said this to his son, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare His ways to give knowledge of salvation to His people by the forgiveness of their sins. That's the message entrusted to us because we are each and every one of us a child of the Most High. Those words are spoken not just from Zechariah to his son John the Baptist. Those words are spoken to the followers of Christ in every age, in every place, in this time and in this place. Child, you shall be called a child of the Most High, and you shall be a messenger going before the Lord to prepare the way to share the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Many, many years ago, I was at home on a sick day. And when Holly got home and saw the movie that I was watching on the couch all bundled up, she knew that I was sick. <laughs> it was a 
Nicholas Sparks' adaptation called A Message in a Bottle. <laughs> she checked my fever. She called the doctor. She said, what are you doing watching this movie? I was like, I'm sick. She said, I know, I can tell. In, in, in the movie, a reporter from Chicago discovers, discovers a message in a bottle. And she is intrigued by the message, and she begins to research it and finds another message and finds another message and finds the author of the second two and discovers that the author of the first was his wife who died. This is Catherine's prayer, the first message in a bottle. To all the ships at sea and all the ports of call, to my family and to all friends and strangers, this is a message and a prayer. The message is that my travels taught me a great truth. I already had what everyone is searching for and few ever find. The one person in the world who I was born to love forever. A person like me of the Outer Banks and the Blue Atlantic Mystery. A person rich in simple treasures, self-made, self-taught, a harbor where I am forever home and no wind or trouble or even a little death can knock down this house. The prayer is that everyone in the world can know this kind of love and be healed by it. If my prayer is heard, then there will be an erasing of all guilt and all regret and an end to all anger. Please, God. Amen. And this is, this is our message because we are God's people that we know and are in love with the one who loves us more than we can know that we are loved. And this is our message that, that this one who loves us and gave his life for us is the harbor of safe haven for all people in all places in all times. This is where no trouble, no impossible task, no heartache or sorrow or not even a little death can knock down God's house. Maybe you remember that Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said, you, your very body is the very temple of the Holy Spirit. And so when we seek God in the temple, we come to know that God appears in us and works through us to share this great message of love and grace and peace that heals all wounds, that erases and eradicates all shame and guilt and doubt, that not even a little death or darkness can cover up or hide. This light that we proclaim shines brightly in us and through us for all the world to see and all the world to know. 
It's the way God has always done it. God has put a message for the world in a people, in us, that we might share it. And so we pray, oh God, come light our hearts. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.